This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing in living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. Hi, it's me, Brad. And uh, hopefully you're enjoying your summer these days. And and hopefully uh, you're also able to take some time away to plan. Now on Saturate, on the website, we've recently released several plans, uh, templates even to help leaders plan monthly, uh, weekly, even annually sort of step back and reflect. And all of that is to the point that planning and sort of setting a course and, and prayerfully planning is a key part of not just leadership, but of being a disciple of Jesus. And so today I want to bring David Achata, who is a phenomenal follower of Jesus, leader and coach. He's been on the podcast before, but he has a fantastic approach to how to to not just you know, swing in that pendulum from, oh, everything's organic, let's, we don't need a plan at all, to the other extreme of everything needs to be nailed down tightly. And so David's going to offer incredible wisdom and insight into the process of planning and submission to the Spirit. And he also offers incredibly rich biblical theology. So I hope you enjoy this teaching today. Because God has given us His Spirit, He's given us all the resources that we need to live prayerful, planful lives. By His Spirit, we're led away from living for ourselves and living a life that is solely for Him. And therefore, I want to cover today how we can prayerfully plan our days, our weeks, our months, and our years, and how we can use that time to be faithful with the resources that God has entrusted to us. This session is for anyone who feels like they can never get ahead. This session is for anybody who feels like no one's ever shown them how to plan. What I hope to share with you today will be some practical tools that will help you along that road. I want to begin by reading 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 26. It says, For although I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside of the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all people that by all means, I might save some. I do it for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable So do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. I like how Paul ends it by saying, don't do it aimlessly. Have a goal. Be after something. And in particular, what Paul is saying is though he was free, he organized his life around his most important goal. 
And his one consuming goal, his one consuming focus was that he might run the race that God had marked out for him. And at the finish line, at the end of this race, is Jesus. And as Paul crosses the finish line, he's hoping to hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so the topic that we're about to cover today is about how you would do that. How would you run the race well? So we're going to talk today about planning. And there are two texts that I want to share with you in regards to this. But before I do that, I want to tell you that initially I thought I probably wasn't the right person to give this, uh, this teaching, this training. But as I look back over my life, I realize that God has shown me a lot of grace here and I've learned a lot. And I really am excited to share with you today about some of the things that I've learned. The first text I want to take us to is in Romans 8, verses 12 to 15. These are two texts. I'm just going to abbreviate for you. There are two texts that have to do with planning. And in Romans 8, 12 to 15, it says this. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And so what we learn from Romans 8 first about why we've been given the spirit of God is so that we will know that we are his sons. And particularly in living as sons of God, what Paul wants us to know here is that when we live as sons of God, we are led away from the things of the flesh. And because we have the Spirit of God, because it affirms we are His sons, because of that, we, we won't want to live according to the flesh, but we'll want to live for something greater. And Ephesians chapter 2, <clears throat> verse 10, gives us the what we are to be living for. Ephesians 2, chapter 10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so what Ephesians 2 gives us is it says, yes, we are his sons. Yes, he gives us his spirit so that we will not live in the flesh. But to take it a step further, we get this reminder, we are his. We're his workmanship. And we're created to walk out good works that he has prepared for us. So I want you to see why I use these as texts about planning. We have the spirit to help us to be led away from the flesh, to affirm that we are his sons, so that we might walk out the good works that have been prepared for us in advance to do. I'd like to tell you how I came to understand this personally. Um, about 20 years ago, about uh, at the age of 17, um, I remember coming to know Jesus personally, and I felt this irresistible draw to be with him. Since I'd grown up, in the mountains of East Tennessee, I was familiar with walking around in the woods and I, was, uh, I, I grew up camping and going out and just being out in the silence by rivers and things like that. And so as I, as I felt drawn to know the Lord, um, I felt drawn to those places to listen, to be with him. And I remember being very fascinated by the story of, of Elijah who went out on a mountain and he heard the voice of God in a still small voice. And I remember those days thinking, I just wanna hear that still small voice. And during those years, as I came to faith in Christ, I lost uh, almost all of my friends 
because all I wanted to talk about was Jesus. That was the one consuming passion I had. And none of them uh, had that all-consuming passion. And so consequently, those times I spent out in the woods were spent alone. They were spent with me just walking around. I, took, I would take a book, I would take a journal, and I would just sit and I would listen. And then when I had free time, I would walk and I would listen more and I would think. And without knowing it, Paul's words from Romans 8 started coming true in my life. What happened was, as I was out in those places, I was walking away from the way that my flesh wanted to go. Not only was I walking away from that, but I was being affirmed in my sonship that I belonged to God. And then what happened after that was Ephesians 2 started to work itself out in my life because I would come away from those times with all kinds of ideas of things I could do, ways I could order my life where I could be faithful to the new life that Christ had given me. And that was the beginning of how I learned to prayerfully plan. And the result of that was that during college and even in my later years, I enjoyed um, a lot of fruit because of that. And so because of that, I, I, I've come away from that experience and a few more years since then. And I generally try to operate my life and I try to plan by three principles. And the first principle that I want to talk to you about is uh, the importance of taking time away. So I'm going to write that here. Take time away. But not just taking time away for the sake of taking time away, but taking time away to listen. That was a practice that began in my life during those years, and it's still something that I do to this day. And before I launch into how this works, I want to tell you first that um, a belief that I have is that balance is not possible. Because a lot of people say their lives aren't balanced. What that implies is that there are things that have equal weight. So we look at that, we have to say, do my children have the same weight as my work? The reality is they don't. Something is gonna have to be a, a, a bigger priority. So I don't believe in balance, but what I do believe in are priorities. Priorities look quite different. Priorities look something like this. What's most important to you? For me personally, God is most important to me. Well, what comes after that? What is most important when it comes to uh, the next layer out? For me personally, that's my family. Well, what's most important after that? Well, there's another layer that comes after that. Those are my missional community relationships. Those are other leaders I'm trying to invest my life into. Well, there's another layer out from that, and that is other neighbors and, you know, and other friends that are not in my immediate family, not in my other circles of leaders I'm investing in. And there's even another circle that's out from that, and that is my work relationships. Those work relationships involve my um, executive coaching work. They involve other people that I work with from time to time. And so this is a way that I um, incorporate uh, the principle of priorities. And so when I take time away to listen, I, I always start here because that's my greatest priority is to take time to spend time with God. And so what I do at the beginning of each year 
is I've made it a practice on the first or second day of the year to take an extended morning and maybe even a little bit longer into the afternoon to just go for a really long walk. Sometimes I'll go to a coffee shop with my Bible and a journal. Sometimes I'll take my mountain bike out and I'll go for a couple hours alone out in the mountains. And when I'm out there, I just listen. And I ask the question to the Spirit of God, what do you want me to make my year about? And I stay out there until I've heard something. And then what happens is when I come back from that, I order my year accordingly. The way this looks for me practically is that I will schedule the thing the Spirit told me into every day of my year. So in particular, a way this has worked itself out for me this year is when I was taking this time at the beginning, I sensed the Spirit was telling me He wanted to teach me what it looked like to depend on Him this year. And so as I began to ask, well, how will I work that out practically? Something simple came to my mind. You don't spend enough time listening to me. Take a few minutes each morning to be in silence. Not too complicated. (laughs) So I don't read any books during that time. I don't listen to music. I don't check my email. I don't do any of those things. Instead, I just start my day with 10 minutes of silence every single day. Because it's a practical way that applies to what the Spirit told me He wants to make my year about. Consequently, what happens is that now as I'm out looking at bookstores or I'm online, I see a book that has to do with depending on the Spirit, my radar is up. I'm supposed to be learning about that this year, so I'm going to go after that book. So my reading material is going to be focused on the thing the Spirit told me to focus on for the year. So I always do this at the beginning of each month, at the beginning of each month as well. And currently my schedule um, allows for me to do that on Tuesday mornings. I don't take a super long time, but I, I do take a slightly longer time, probably about two to three hours to block out a time to pray. I say, okay, Spirit, what do you want me to make my month about? And what happens is um, I generally will get something I need to be focusing on for that month. So for instance, um, this month, as I was having this time, I sensed the Spirit of God telling me, I want you to gain a deeper understanding of the gospel. I want you to do it specifically by doing something um, every day in the book of Romans. So I've begun every morning now reading the book of Romans, and I'm making these sentences in my journal, in other places, and I start every sentence with, the gospel is. And every chapter in the book of Romans, I'm just trying to sum up with one statement, the gospel is. And the reason I'm doing this is because the Spirit of God told me to do it. So in addition to my 10 minutes of silence to listen to the Spirit in the morning, now I know what I'm going to be studying. And the reason this is uh, so motivating is because the Spirit of God told me to do it. I don't read the Bible anymore just because it's important or because I should. I read the Bible because the Spirit told me to read something in the Bible. I pray about what I should be reading in the Bible. Many times I've talked to people who can't get into Scripture, and the reason probably for that is because they're just reading it with no purpose, no reason. You have to have a reason for it. And for me, the way I've been uh, growing in my uh, Bible reading is I take time to ask the Spirit um, what He wants me to grow in, and I organize my month accordingly. And then I look for a practical way to work it out. Sometimes those practical ways involve ways I'm going to love my wife, my kids, or some neighbors, or other people in a particular way. Sometimes uh, the Spirit puts somebody, somebody else on my heart. But these things all have implications for how I schedule on my month. That's the point. And my month doesn't get scheduled apart from having that time with the Spirit where He tells me what He wants me to focus on. And then I do my best to schedule it in. And it usually uh, makes for a great weekly uh, exercise.
I do this also at the beginning of each week. And I do it actually on Sunday night before Monday begins. Right before I go to bed, I will take a, a few moments and I will look over the course of my entire week. And I will say, okay, this month, for instance, is about me growing my understanding of the gospel, loving my neighbors in this particular way. Do my weeks reflect what the goal is for the month? And if they don't, on Sunday night, I will readjust and change things accordingly so that things will line up with what the Spirit told me to focus on for the month. Additionally, I do this at the beginning of each day. When I wake up in the morning after those 10 minutes of silence I told you about, I begin to ask the Spirit of God, what is the one thing you want me to focus on today? What is the one thing I need to do today that you want me to do? And it's different every time. And sometimes it means I have to readjust things accordingly for that particular day. You're probably hearing a theme here. You really have to listen to the Spirit. That's right. Because he knows exactly how I am to order my days, my weeks, my months, and my years. Some of you may be hearing this also and asking, how do you have time for all this? And the short answer is I don't. (laughs) I don't have time for all this. And that's why I want to touch on something really important here. Prayerful planning does not mean adding more things to your schedule. Rather, it means that you take things away from your schedule to make space to walk out the things the Spirit of God is calling you to do. Those good works He prepared for you in advance to do. You can't do them in addition to all the other things that you're doing. You have to look at priorities. Balance is not real. Priorities are. If you can learn to prioritize what the Spirit tell you, then you will clear your schedule so that priority is reflected in your schedule. So some ways this has worked itself out in, in my life is we have... Um, We always have great opportunities of things we can be doing. My daughter's been in Girl Scouts in the past. Um, When we moved here to to our city now, we had an opportunity to join another Girl Scout troop. We loved it. We had a great time there. But the problem was the Girl Scout troop that was available for my daughter to join was about a 40-minute drive from here. And so as we began to look at our calendar, we began to say, you know what? Because of the season of life we're in right now, if we were to drive that far to participate in that Girl Scout troop with those activities, it would pull us out of most of the things we're doing in this season with our missional community. And so because of that, that's the focus of this season. We decided to say no to Girl Scouts because it wouldn't have allowed us to deepen the relationships with the people in our missional community. Instead, it would have made us cross paths with people we probably wouldn't have crossed paths with any other time. And this wouldn't have deepened those relationships. Instead, it would have made them more shallow. So we said no. We also had the opportunities recently for our kids to join a running club that's actually our local elementary school. And again, in another season, we might have said, yes, that's a really good thing. But because of the season where we're at, where we're relatively new in our, in our neighborhood, we said no. Because as we looked at our schedule, we looked at the nights of the week the running club would take us out of our neighborhood. We said, you know what, if we did the running club, we wouldn't be able to be present in our neighborhood as much as we want to be in our neighborhood right now. And that's our focus for this season. So we said no. And a year from now, the running club might be a good option as we've deepened the relationships in our neighborhood. But because we have priorities, we're able to say, for this season, that's not in our priority, but a time may come. And so we're hopeful that we'll get to engage in those opportunities later. So I hope you're, again, seeing the theme here. The theme here is ask the Spirit he will let you know. And it doesn't mean that just because it's a good thing, you should do it. There are, a lot of, there are a lot of good things out there that you may actually need to say no to. But rather, the point is, as we prayerfully look at our time, 
We need to see if what we're putting in will increase or decrease our ability to be obedient to the Spirit. So ask yourself that question. The things I'm putting in, is it increasing my ability to be obedient to the Spirit? If, if it's not, you may need to put it off for another season. So first, take time away to listen. Second, the second principle I go by is write things down. So not only do I take time away to listen to the Spirit, but the second practice is by writing things down. Some of you might be wondering, how do you remember all this? <laughs> and the shorter answer is, I can't, unless I write it down. Um, the truth is, um, I'm growing in this still, and some of it has become a habit, but I still have a long way to go. But one thing I have learned is that if you write it down, personally for me, if I write it down, my tendency to forget it will go away. I do this by using a, a Google Calendar, and it's always popping up on my phone reminding me about what I'm supposed to be doing next. I also make use of printouts, which I'll tell you about in, here in just a second, and I'll share, with, share that with you. But for my yearly focus, the way that I write my yearly focus down is actually I just keep it in my file in my computer where I write my prayer journals. It's easy for me to always remember what I prayed about I need to be focusing on for the year because it's the first journal entry of the year in my file. So I go to 2015, for instance, and I say, what happened on January 1 or January 2 when I wrote that journal entry? And I continually check in with that journal entry to remember what God told me to focus on for the year. For my monthly focus, however, the way that I write it down is actually I make a monthly printout. What I'll do is I'll say, monthly focus for January, monthly focus for, for February. I'll write it out and I'll usually put a text on there that applies to it. And underneath of that, I'll write some practical ways that it seems like the Spirit of God is guiding me to walk that out. And I will take that printout and I will tape it to the wall in front of my desk. So every time I sit down to do work, I see that printout sitting there and it reminds me of what I'm supposed to be working on. For my weekly focus, um, I don't technically write it down on a piece of paper, but because it is always popping up in my calendar, it's always visible. And that's the point. It's got to be visible somewhere. So my calendar for my weekly focus, I have it set to where it lights up every time um, my next opportunity is about to come. Notice I refer to them all as opportunities. I don't look at my schedule as something I have to do, but these are all opportunities God has given me to walk out faithfulness. So I have a 10 to 15 minute reminder before it's about to happen about what I'm supposed to be getting ready for before it comes. For my daily focus, um, I have a spot in my calendar written for how I'm supposed to be focusing uh, each day in regards to my prayer, which has fruit for the rest of the day. So my prayer focus, um, you know, you could change this to suit your needs, but my personal uh, prayer schedule looks something like this that I walk through every single day. On Sunday, I take time to pray for my neighbors and for my city. On Monday, I take time to pray for my kids and the Soma family of churches, including our church plant. On Tuesday, I take time to pray for my wife and my extended family. On Wednesday, I take time to pray with and for my DNA, because that's actually when I meet with them at 6 a.m. on Wednesday mornings. On Thursday, I take time to pray for my coaching business and the clients I'm connected with. On Friday, I take time to pray for myself and God's work in me and what he wants to do in me. And then on Saturday, I sleep in. I take a time to rest. 
I can't always push myself to wake up at 5 a.m. or 5.30, so sometimes I sleep in. But if I do wake up a little bit early on that day, I just rest in Christ. I listen to music. I take it easy. I enjoy uh, just being with him and being uh, and resting. So first, take time away to listen. Second, write things down somewhere so you can remember it. But third, be specific. If you're not specific, then your plans will generally just be good ideas. I had a coaching client that told me one time, a goal without a plan is just a wish. It's not really a goal. It's something you wish you think about. Essentially, it's like the Walt Disney song. You're just wishing upon a star that something might happen. And the reality is the star's not going to help you pull your goal off. What's going to help you pull your goal off is a plan. So be specific. So yes, I take time to listen. I write it down. And third, I try to be specific. And ask some basic questions like who, what, where, when, why. So who am I, do I need to be faithful to, right? So when it comes to reaching out to neighbors and other people, the point is not quantity. The point is to whom am I called to be faithful? If I'm called to be faithful to, to some specific neighbors, well, then which ones are they? So who? When? When am I going to reach out? What? What are we going to do when we get together? When? Like, what's the time frame we're looking at here? And why? Like, why would we do this? So ask those basic questions to put some flesh on my wish to turn it into my goal. We could wish to reach out to our neighbors. We could wish to be a blessing. But unless we have a plan, it's just going to remain a wish. So who, what, where, when, why? Easy questions to ask. For us, the way this worked itself out one time was we went through a season where we kept every Friday night open to hang out with neighbors. And we'd take time at the very beginning of the week to pray and ask the Spirit, who ought we have over on Friday evening? And when we felt like, you know, my wife and I would pray about that independently, many times what the Spirit gave us was the same thing. So we would come together knowing, like, these are the people, there's no question. We'd reach out to them in advance to try to get them to come and join us for a meal on a Friday evening, for instance. So we'd ask those questions, who, what, what are we going to do? When are we going to do it? Where, why? Unfortunately, there were some times when we couldn't get some of our neighbors into our home. <laughs> so like, what were we going to do then? We had to change our plan. Well, we weren't going to actually meet in our home. We we're going to meet on the lawn. We we're going to plan to be in the street during that time so we could play, so we could kick a ball with the extra kids that were out on a Friday evening. So we had to alter our plan based on the needs, you know, of the situation. So be specific. Who, what, where, when, why. For me, a way that I've grown to learn to be more specific is by telling people. Um, I'm a verbal processor, so when I tell people, it helps me get more details on my plan. So for me personally, if I don't tell somebody about it, um, I won't have a very good plan, and honestly, no one else will know about it. So me personally, I need to tell people about it. So usually that person is my wife, not because it's her job to hold me accountable. Please hear that. It is not your wife's job to hold you accountable. Rather, it's your wife's job to be someone who you are living to love and serve and lead well. It's, it's your job to reach out to her and let you know you are loving her well. You are leading her well. You are serving her well. So oftentimes I'll tell my wife, I want her to know that I'm prayerfully planning the life of our family and other things. As it relates to normal work items, 
it's very, it's very frequent that I make uh, verbal commitments to the coaching clients I work with. I met with an HR leader last week. Um, we have five more weeks until our next uh, event that I have to do with this particular team. I said to her, I will get to you a, a detailed scope of work, a financial proposal by the end of the day on Monday. So by me telling her this, it helped me to be specific because I had to tell her about it. The same is true with the missional community. I want to spend just a little bit of time talking about the practical ways this would work itself out in a missional community setting. Much of the planning that a missional community does should be seasonally together. So the same principles apply. Take time away to listen. Write it down. Be specific. And talk about it together. Um, what I've done in the past to do this is I've worked through with my missional community the seasonal covenant that we're going to make up together, and I'll put specific dates and times on the things that we're going to do to walk out our identity as family, to walk out our identity as missionaries, to walk out our identity as servants. And what I'll do is I'll put specific dates and times in our seasonal covenant. I'll print it out. I'll tape it on my wall. And I would encourage you to have everyone in your missional community do this so that when we come together, every time we sit down, we're looking at the plan of the things that we said that we were going to do. Now, I encourage you to even take it up another notch by saying, so who among us is going to do that? When are we going to do that? Where? What, you know, who, what, where, when, why? And have them also in the room, oftentimes I have done, can we just put these in our calendars right now? And so that way we're getting even more specific as after we've listened, we have uh, taken time to, uh, to make up a plan together. So you want to have them do some of these things as well. Last, there are three closing notes, words of counsel, wisdom I want to give in regards to prayerfully planning your life. First, be flexible. <laughs> Things will come up that will derail everything I just told you, and that's okay. God is sovereign. You are not. He's the one who has a better plan than you, and many times the plans that we make, he sees fit to disrupt and upset. We have to be okay with that. So be flexible. Be okay with that. The, the real uh, piece I'm trying to just highlight here is, have you made the time to talk to him about it? Make that space in your schedule. And if he chooses to upset it, that's okay. Paul's words in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 remind us, train yourself for this. This is not something that comes automatically to most people, but we can train ourselves for this and be flexible. Second, you can grow in this. I've heard people say to me, I'm just not wired this way. And I get that. I work with my work with assessments and I see that a lot of people do not organize their mind or their other things this way. And to try to be as gracious as I can, I, what I would say is um, oftentimes that's an excuse for inactivity. I wasn't born this way either. <laughs> I, there was actually a time in my life when I was... Uh, Younger, where I used to sleep until three in the afternoon. I would waste away my days because I stayed up too late at night doing things that were not helpful to anything or anybody. Doesn't mean staying up late at night is, is a bad thing. If, if, you, if the Lord has told you to do that and you need to organize your life accordingly, you need to stay up late at night. But I wasn't doing that. I was staying up late at night, wasting time and sleeping until three in the afternoon. And because of some things that have happened to me in my life, some settings I've been in, I've had to learn to organize my life in this way. I was not born this way. <laughs> and I'm still growing in this. So we can all grow in this. It's not something that comes automatically. Third, God is gracious. 
Don't think that you have to move instantly to implement everything I've drawn, everything I've talked about here. If you try to do this by next week, you might overwhelm yourself and give up. You don't have to do this instantly. God is gracious. Start in small ways, ways that you might uh, take baby steps in making space to hear from the Spirit and schedule accordingly. Every family, um, every missional community, individuals will respond differently to different kinds of structure. You don't have to copy what I do, but the point is find out what works best for you and be faithful with it. Some people use Post-it notes, some people use Evernote, some people use iCal, Google Calendar. You could write things on your hands. The point is if something works different for everybody and that's okay. Be faithful with what God has given you. So as we end today, I wanna to give you some questions to consider. First question, what has been most helpful from this talk? Why? Second, what are two things you wanna begin doing to better plan your life? Third, when will you make time to do that planning? As I said in the beginning, we've recently published lots of planning tools, so you can find them at Saturate under the Resources tab. You can just sort of click there and uh, find them uh, easily. You can also just search planning and you'll find the templates. And uh, hopefully you can use those as a way to prepare for the upcoming school year, a time when people are gathering uh, back into normal life and you can begin sort of leading with that intentional prayerful focus and hopefully they will help you do that. Uh, also, just wanted to throw it out there that we are gathering up ideas and conversations. Jared's going to be joining me again, and we'll be chatting and laughing about missional communities soon enough. But I just wanted to ask if you have any questions or ideas about uh, where to take this podcast in the fall. If there's issues facing you and your missional community or whatnot, send us a, uh, a question. Send us an email. You can connect to us on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, you can also just send us an email at hello at saturatetheworld.com and, you know, put podcasts in the subject line and connect with us about how uh, we can sort of speak into some of the issues that you're facing as you make disciples. Uh, thanks, and we'll see you again soon. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort, and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. This podcast is produced by Saturate. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.